0: on your favorite teams. This is Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Brought to you by James H. Brown and Associates, Alberta injury lawyers, the heavy hitters of injury law. Well, a new deal for the Bison King, a new assistant coach for the Edmonton Oilers, and a new punter for your Edmonton Elks. Some of the headlines today that we will cover over the next two hours on Inside Sports. I will also ask you the question right now. And I'll dive into this deeper as we move along tonight. Do you have some hidden gold stuffed away in your basement? You'll see what I'm getting to here as we move along. And I advise against actually physically knocking down the foundations of your home to look for gold. Because I'm speaking somewhat metaphorically here. But you'll understand what I'm saying in a few minutes. All right. So here's what's going on, first of all, for the Edmonton Oilers. Jesse Pugliarvi will not go to arbitration. It is a uh, one-year deal for Pugliarvi worth $3 million. So this past season, 65 games, 14 goals, 36 points, career highs, If speaking very, very generally about Yessi Pugliarvi, better in the first half of the season than he was in the second half of the season and uh, fairly quiet in the playoffs, though, of course, he was part of an Oilers team that went all the way to the Western Conference final. So that is the deal for Pugliarvi, who I have called repeatedly on this show and when talking about him, and we have talked about him a lot, all of you and, and I on this show and on Overtime Open Line with Rob Brown and on the Face Off show with our cast of thousands, uh, a much-discussed player, hotly-debated player, really, uh, well, kind of throughout most of his career. There's There's always been something with this guy um some players just seem to have a a stories following them around whether it's their own doing or not at the draft wasn't supposed to be there for the Oilers was supposed to be picked one spot earlier by the Columbus Blue Jackets that was a story then he plays in his first NHL uh game doesn't start in the minors and he goes to the minors and then you know everything that went on the hip injuries uh, Hitchcock calling him up and saying, I'm, I'm going to work with him and make him a player. And then he played him less than McClellan did. And then Pugliarvi and the agent said, we're not going to play for the Oilers anymore. And then Holland and Tippett uh, got him back. And then he was pretty good during that uh, 56-game season that was shortened by the pandemic. All, all, all the stuff. I mean, that's a very Coles notes version of the story. And then he he gets through this year. And, and again, I thought pretty good early. Uh, Jay Woodcroft at one point said he's a top six player. I'm going to use him in the top six. But as the season and the postseason went on, he was not used that way. So uh, they don't go to arbitration. It's one year. It's $3 million. You can, of course, follow me on Twitter at Reed Wilkins, R-E-I-D-W-I-L-K-I-N-S. And I have posted one of my world-renowned Twitter polls that I uh, occasionally put up there. So the orders have signed Pulley RV for one year, $3 million. What to do with them now? I'm giving you three choices play them in the top six, play them in the bottom six, or trade them, which is still a possibility. Got over 700 votes so far. Poll hasn't even been up for an hour. And uh, play them in the top six is leading the way, almost half 49.1%. Then you got trade them at just under 31%, and play them in the bottom six at just over 20%. So most, most of those people want him on the team and, and want him to get an opportunity and, and you've signed them to the contract and you're going to need them. I, I mean, you can, the, the Oilers are, are, are a pretty good team. And hopefully they're going to be uh, a year from now. We'll be talking about them as, as a great team. There are still some areas of the lineup that you can sit there and say, I'm not sure about this. Do they have uh, uh, How you know, how are the lines going to be structured? Where's Ryan Nugent hop is going to, be? and of course things will move along throughout the season. But are, are they kind of looking for player number six in the top six? Is it going to be uh, Nugent Hopkins? Is it going to be Pugliarvi? Is it going to be Yamamoto, who's got his own arbitration coming up? So this is what we're looking at with Pugliarvi. I, I think a player who we're going to continue to debate unless he really gets out there uh, and grabs it. And I know for some of you, there is no debate. I, I know for some of you, there is no debate. You're saying... This guy's uh, should be on the top two lines. He should play with McDavid and/or Dreisaitl, and uh, good things happen when he's on the ice. And I get that, but I continue to argue he is a confounding player because when Yessi Puljuhari has an off night, to me it is painfully obvious and sometimes uh, difficult to watch. And and I've said it before and I've said it again. Two of the biggest body checks he threw in the playoffs were when he ran into his own guys inadvertently because sometimes he just seems to get a little lost out of there. But he can produce. He does have skill. And uh, I, I know that a lot of the analytics for him in terms of possession, in terms of goals for and against on the, well, I mean, that's that's a big one. And in terms of the scoring opportunities when they on the on when he's on the ice are all very positive in his favor. So it's a one-year deal. It's $3 million. And uh, if you want to have some fun, you can uh, vote in my world-renowned Twitter poll. What do the Oilers do with Pugliarvi now? Play him in the top six, play him in the bottom six, or trade him. In my mind, sitting here right now, he's a third-line player. I I don't think he's done enough to get top six ice time. I know that there are positive metrics for him when it comes to shot attempts and scoring chances. I, I still watch and think there are too many plays that are not advanced to their maximum potential when Pugliarvi is on the ice. When he's off, he's off. He can get panicky with the puck. He gives it up too soon. Um, he doesn't get a confident shot away, all those types of things. He had and I mean he had a tough postseason and you know, so did some other Oilers, even though it was a pretty good run. He only had two goals and three points in the entire playoffs in uh, the 16 games that he's played. So anyway, that is a big headline for the Oilers tonight. Of course, I'm happy to hear from you. Seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three is the good old-fashioned hotline presented by CertainTeed, the pro's choice for roofing, siding, drywall, insulation, and ceiling systems. CertainTeed Pro all the way. I mentioned how you can follow me on Twitter, and you can email the show if you still use that form of communication, and I hope that you do. It is Inside Sports at 630ched.com. So yesie Pulliarve, one year, three million dollars. He will not go to arbitration. Earlier in the day, the Oilers rounded out their coaching staff. So the story there was: you got Woodcroft coming back, you got Manson coming back, Glenn Gullitson coming back, and uh Brian Wiseman moved on to the New York Islanders. So uh we got Mark Stewart now joining the coaching staff, for 38 years old. And yes, if you're thinking, isn't this, wasn't there a Mark Stewart that played in the NHL? This is him. This is him. 673 games with Boston, Atlanta, Winnipeg from Rochester, Minnesota. First round draft pick of the Boston Bruins, 21st overall in 2013 and uh, went on to play in Germany later in his career, was uh, with the Manitoba Moose when he came back to North America in 1819. He was uh, with the University of Vermont, and he was with Colorado College last season. So uh, there you go, as the orders round out the... Uh, the, the coaching staff with Mark Stewart, who I believe uh, he wasn't available today. Later on in the week, he's either going to be on this show or he'll be on Oilers now with Bob Stauffer, Cam Moon, sitting in hosting that show today as uh, Bob gets some time off. Noon to two. Excellent program every day on 630 chat So it is Mark Stewart uh, rounding out the Oilers coaching staff. The uh, football note today, we do have some Elks news, even though uh, they're on a bye. And... That is, now you're going to know this name. I'm pretty sure you're going to know this name. And if you've uh, listened to this show over the years, you're going to say, hey, hasn't this guy been on the show? Uh, He has a couple of times. The Edmonton Elks have acquired punter John Ryan from the Hamilton Tiger Cats. This is for a conditional eighth round pick. So that's a late rounder, everybody, in the CFL in 2023. He had been with Hamilton, had not played for them, uh, had kicked for Saskatchewan in 2019 and 2021. Obviously, there was no season in 2020. He is Canadian. He's from Regina and uh, played with uh, Winnipeg. And he was a Seattle Seahawk. He was in the NFL. He was, he was part of that uh, big fake punt that the Seahawks pulled off, uh, NFC Championship game. I want to say 2014 off the top of my head, the the, the year they wound up uh, losing the Super Bowl on the interception on the one-yard line, one line. He was with Seattle from 2008 to 2018, had a bit of a look with the Bills as well. And as I said, he's been on Inside Sports a couple of times, very accomplished punter. Now you're probably saying to yourself, wait a minute, Reed, two or three weeks ago, you had Matt Mengel on the show and you were telling us what a big leg he has. And Mengel was an interesting interview and he Told us this story. And he told us his story, and he seems to like Edmonton. And, and what's going on? And, and I was kind of surprised in the game Friday against Winnipeg because Mangle didn't handle all the punting duties. Sergio Castillo also punted. You uh, know, it, it didn't seem like Mangle was booming it quite like he was earlier in the season. But there's also hang time and directional punting to worry about. Uh, Matt Mangle. Uh, I got confirmed from Dave Campbell earlier today, Matt Mangle is not injured. So this is not, we got to go out and get a punter because uh, the guy that we saw kicking is, is banged up. They've brought in John Ryan. So maybe some competition, maybe they want some experience. Maybe they want a little bit of a security blanket, but that is uh, an interesting one. Again, uh, great punter over the course of his career has not been, punting a lot in game action recently, but the Elks bring in John Ryan and we're, we're going to try to wrangle him on the show here before the end of the week. Even though the Elks are uh, on a bye, the Elks, by the way, next game, Saturday, August 6th at the BC lions. It'll be on six 30, The countdown to kickoff will be at six 30 and the uh, game will start at eight as the Elks will, try to get a little bit of revenge against the Lions. They got blown out in Vancouver in the first game of the season. So uh, those are your headlines. I can also tell you the Edmonton Stingers, Canadian Elite Basketball League, hosts the Ottawa Blackjacks. Is their logo just the number 21? Is that their logo for the Ottawa Blackjacks? Is it just the number two? Uh, sorry, it's a rabbit. Yes, I know it's a rabbit, everybody. Uh, they have some good good names in that uh, league. The Edmonton Stingers are 10-8. and eight. The Ottawa Blackjacks are 6-12, 7 o'clock tomorrow. Second last regular season game for the Stingers. Final home game of the regular season. They are working on their seeding here, trying to get a playoff game at home. So that is a big one coming up tomorrow night. And I am pleased to tell you that uh, later on tonight on Inside Sports, we're going to talk to Ahir Ugawak, who is an Edmontonian who played in the NCAA. He was with New Mexico. Then he uh, transferred to Loyola in Chicago Uh, appeared at the NCAA tournament. He was a redshirt on their team that went all all the way to the final four a few years ago. He's playing right here at home. He's a great story, a grad of Harry Ainley. He's going to join me after the 7 o'clock news. And speaking of the double E, an alum on the offensive line, and I think we're going to have to confirm with him when we get on, Justin Sorensen, the former O-lineman, is coming on. He has transitioned to another form of football. We're going to get him prior to his flag football game tonight. So, after all those years as a pro offensive lineman, I wonder what position he's playing in, in flag football. And I wonder if he has to tell himself, oh, yeah, reach for the flag, don't drill the guy like I would have in the Canadian Football League. Anyway, uh, fun stuff. And uh, I'm going to tell you a little bit more about why you might have gold in your basement when we get back. It's Inside Sports on 630 Chet. You're home for all the of- Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on 6.3 Chad. Like night, All right, appreciate you tuning in. So, yes, he will not uh, need arbitration. One year, $3 million contract with the Oilers. Mark Stewart hired to join the Oilers coaching staff in the Edmonton Elks, even though on a bye Making a trade to get John Ryan from Hamilton. He just signed with Hamilton on July 10th, The uh, 40-year-old native of Regina, 28 games in the past two CFL seasons with Saskatchewan in uh, 2019 and 2021. There was no season in 2020. Okay, so I I asked you the question: Do you have uh, gold hidden in your basement or or somewhere in your home? Maybe you got uh, maybe you don't have a basement. Maybe you got a storage closet, or maybe you have what I'm talking about proudly on display Profit for and uh, I, I'm not talking about literal gold, though I am talking about something that you could transform into uh, money. Maybe even you have a small fortune. And we're going to talk about this in more detail later on tonight. But I was, I, I, I'm highly interested in this topic because one of my best friends is uh, quite schooled in this topic. And I have learned a lot from talking to him over the last uh, few months and we're gonna have wayne wagner on the show later from wayne sports cards and collectibles out in the west end it's just across from west edmonton mall on uh, 90th avenue so i'm talking about sports cards and my, my buddy looked through some cards i i have uh, a few weeks ago i said I, I you know he he is really into stuff he he buys current cards and i didn't even know this till a few weeks ago the cards are not just you know thin cards anymore some of them are, are cardboard thick they're really nice and look i noticed some of you i'm probably preaching to the choir and you're thinking like yeah reed i know all this but i'm going to assume there are some people out me who are like wait a minute wait, that's how sports cards work nowadays so he he looked at my uh, at my card collection and let's face it most of it is junk And there's even the era even that I have most of my cards come from is even called the Junk Wax Era, which I believe is most of the 1990s. Wayne will clarify that a little bit later on. Virtually worthless. I don't even know if I could get 10 cents a card, uh, let alone a dollar a card or something like that. But I have some hockey rookie cards of some pretty good players who debuted in the early 1980s. And, and this guy. So, and the reason this popped into my head too. So, there, there was this story here that came across our uh, our, our wire here at six thirty, Chad, uh, yesterday. Let's, uh, Derek. Can we play this? Play? Can we play the Mickey Mantle story? The 1952 Topps Mantle rookie card that'll be auctioned is regarded as one of just a handful in near-perfect condition. It's estimated the card could fetch more than $10 million. The record is $6.6 million for perhaps the industry's most legendary card, the 1909 Hannes Wagner that sold a year ago. Next month's auction will bring a hefty profit for Anthony Giordano, who bought the mantle for $50,000 three decades ago. He says his family's enjoyed showing off the card, and it's time to give the Mick a new home. I'm Sagar Magani. Okay, so it's the 1952 Mickey Mantle Tops Rookie Card. I'm going to tell you something right now. If you think you have this card, for the love of God, go find it immediately. <laughs> I, 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 I'm I, going to guess probably no one, well, somebody listening might have it in their inventory, but, um, but it's in very good shape, and as it said in the story, he got it for fifty thousand dollars about thirty years ago. He's going to sell it for several million. So uh, you know the the Wagner card over six million. Uh, I believe there's a Steph Curry card that's around six million. Uh, I believe LeBron, one of LeBron's rookie cards, is is five million dollars um you know there's been the mcdavid card that was uh, several hundred thousand or got up over a million recently uh gretzky's rookie card i i, I think has been up uh, around four million when it's been sold so anyway some of these cards so it's it's almost like do you have the lottery ticket the, the way i understand it is and we'll get wayne to talk about this in more detail if you are a card collector, and you can you can give me a call or, or or text me or write me, if if I'm way off, but I don't think I am. If you're a card collector, most of your collection is probably I don't want to say worthless because you know maybe you have taken good care of it or whatever, but you're not going to get like a you know a five to one, ten to one return on what you paid for it. I think in most cases, unless you have one of these cards, so. So my, my buddy looks at my cards and there was about seven or eight of them. And he said, you know, these cards here together, you, you might have several hundred dollars or, or maybe, you know, if you're lucky over a thousand. So I'm like, well, well, that's, that's not bad. Even if the rest of my collection is relatively worthless and I'm, and, and I'm giving it away. So somebody else will buy the other cards, but here's the thing that I'm learning. And this is what I want to dive into with Wayne Um selling a hockey card a baseball card is is quite a process now of, of course you you have to have a, a buyer you have to have somebody that wants the card but let's let's pick uh who, who can we uh, derek scott back at the 630 chat broadcasting compound give me an old-timey hockey player pick anybody oh cool. hello randy greg uh, randy greg okay <laughs> So I believe Randy Gray was uh, was on the show last week when I was off. Uh, so let's say you got this uh, this Randy Gregg card, and you and, and you look up in the, the price guide, or or you look at other you know posts on eBay or Kijiji or wherever, and you're like, okay, I see other Randy Gregg cards selling for uh, for eighty bucks, and maybe they look like they're in a little better shape than mine. So I'm going to list this Randy Gregg card for $75 and see if I can get, get something for it. So, But here's the thing, and this is the one thing I didn't really know about, that you have to, well, you don't have to, but it helps to get the card graded. And there are a couple of companies, and this is what Wayne Wagner is going to dive into. There are a couple of companies in the United States you can send your cards to, they they look at them, they seal them up, and they grade them. So they will tell you this card's quality is an eight out of ten. So you can sell this card for seventy bucks. If you had a nine out of ten, you could get a hundred. And if you had the ten out of ten or the mint, you, you know you can get two hundred. But you but a lot of really serious people are not going to purchase these cards I- unless they have it graded. So you're probably thinking, well, great, Read, mail the cards away, get them back, get them graded. It's $50 to $60 a card. So if you think your card is worth $70, are you going to spend that to get it graded? So anyway, I, I, find it, I, I find it very interesting, and I'm sure there are some of you that are, that are really into it, but Wayne Wagner from Wayne Sports Card and Collectibles will uh, give us his uh, expert perspective on some of this as we move along tonight. It's Inside Sports on Chet. 630 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins weekdays at 6 on 630 Chad For most of us crime is something we see on the news we never think it could happen to us until it does